0: Hey guys, are you ready to hear a story? This story is called The Swamp Monster and was written by me, Jess Judd. Before we start, this story is a little scary, so parental discretion is advised. Marissa hugged her mummy close. I'll miss you, mummy whispered in her ear. We'll miss you too, Marissa whispered back. John and Daddy finished loading the last bag into the car. You'll take care of Marissa and Auntie Jill now, won't you? Daddy said, putting John's hat down on his head. Of course, said John, his chest puffing out slightly with pride. This was their first ever family camping trip and they were so excited. Come on, Teddy, Marissa called, opening the door for their fearless dog to jump in. We'll see you in a few days, Aunt Jilly called from the front seat. Marissa and John waved goodbye to their parents as they drove away down the street. It took a little while to get to the camping spot in the woods, but on the way they listened to their favourite stories. Once they arrived, John and Aunt Jilly set up the tents while Marissa and Teddy helped get the rest of the bags and supplies out of the car. Marissa stood looking around their campsite. It was a nice little area in the woods with a cool green pond for swimming in. "'Aunt Jilly, can we go swimming?' Marissa called. Aunt Jilly looked up from where she and John had just finished setting up the tents. "'Not yet. We can go swimming in the morning. First things first, we set up camp,' Aunt Jilly said. "'But we just set up camp,' said John. "'The tents are finished.' and Marissa has unpacked all of our other bags. Well then, second thing second, Aunt Jilly said with a smile. We need to collect some firewood. Otherwise, how will we ever roast marshmallows? Both children jumped up shouting marshmallows and whoop and ran off into the trees, Teddy running along beside them. Soon they were sitting back at camp with a lovely little fire blazing in front of them. Aunt Jilly began preparing all of the things they needed to make the perfect camp dinner. They had hot dogs and roasted corn. John finished his dinner first and sat dozing by the fire, waiting for Marissa and Aunt Jilly to finish so they could roast marshmallows. He sat, staring out into the woods, absently scratching Teddy behind the ears, watching the way the moon shone through the trees and the way the shadows played along the ground. He couldn't wait until tomorrow when they could go swimming. "'I wonder if the moon is high enough for me to see its reflection in the pond,' he thought to himself, turning around to look. Sure enough, there, on the surface of the water, was the silvery reflection of the moon. The watery twin quivered slightly as little ripples moved on the water. John sat watching it for a few minutes And then, suddenly, he thought that the ripples looked larger, and then larger still. Not by much, but enough to be noticeable. John sat up straighter. Perhaps a gust of wind had blown across the pond. He put up a hand, trying to see if a wind had picked up. He couldn't feel anything, but the ripples were definitely bigger than they had been. The reflection of the moon was completely distorted now. If it wasn't the wind, what could be doing this? John wondered. Ripples were formed when something was dropped into water. Maybe something had dropped into the water. Or, John had a terrible thought, maybe something that was already in the water had started to move. John searched the surface of the water, trying to find the source of the disturbance but all he could see was the moon and some stars reflected on the water. Wait a minute, he thought. Stars are too far away to reflect off the water. Looking closer, John realised that what he had thought to be the reflection of two stars were actually two luminescent spheres that looked like eyes, and they were pointed right at him. John! Aunt Julie said loudly, her voice making John jump and turn towards her. You're going to miss out on all the marshmallows, did you want some? John nodded absently. He quickly turned to look back at the pond, in case whatever was swimming in there was coming for him. But all he saw was the smooth surface of the water, reflecting back a still, silvery moon. John shook his head and took a deep breath. His stomach was so full, and it had been such a long day, He must have fallen asleep and dreamed he saw something in the water. Marissa, don't eat them all, he cried out, grabbing some marshmallows to roast. They sat up for a while longer, roasting marshmallows and talking about how they couldn't wait to swim the next day, and then all three climbed into their tents and went to sleep. They had only been asleep for an hour or so, when John was woken up by Teddy, who was lying next to him. Teddy was watching the front of the tent and quietly growling deep in his throat. ''What is it, boy?'' John whispered. Teddy looked up at John briefly, then turned his gaze back to the front. He had stopped growling now, but his ears were twitching backwards and forwards, as if he was listening for something. John listened, holding his breath, to see if he could hear anything moving outside. He thought he could hear the sound of water in the pond lapping quietly at the edge. He almost thought he could hear a kind of wet, slapping sound too. Straining his ears, he put his head up to the canvas of the tent and thought that he could hear a shuffling sound, then a crumpling sound, like something was going through their food. After a minute or two, John didn't hear anything else and he thought he must have been imagining things again when suddenly a great howling noise filled the air. Teddy started barking, and John heard Aunt Jilly and Marissa call out, asking what was happening. John raced out of his tent and stopped just before the fire pit. There, standing on the other side of their fire, was a hideous-looking beast. It was almost as tall as Aunt Jilly and had dark green fur. It had two small horns on its head and the hair sticking out around it was hanging down over its eyes. Those eyes! They were what John had seen moving towards him in the pond earlier that night. "'Who are you?' John cried. "'What do you want?' The thing looked at him and howled again. Aunt Jilly and Marissa had come out of their tent and were now standing, staring at the creature. John knew it was his job to protect them, so he took a step towards the creature— Something crinkled under his foot, and when he looked down, John saw an empty marshmallow packet. He looked back up at the creature and realised that, even though it was making a lot of noise, it wasn't coming at him or threatening him in any way. In fact, the howling didn't sound angry or nasty. It sounded almost as if the creature was in pain. Um, uh, are, are you all right? he asked shakily. The creature looked at him and shook its head. It held out its hand, and John caught a brief smell of burnt hair before the creature quickly pulled its hand back and put its fingers in its mouth. Did you hurt your hand? John asked. The creature nodded, its fingers still in its mouth. Can, can we help you? asked Aunt Jilly, coming up behind John, holding Marissa's hand. The creature pulled its fingers out of its mouth. "'I've been watching you mob all over from the billabong. "'I wanted to have a crack at what you were doing before,' it said in a deep voice. "'I was a bit of a drongo, though, and got my hand too close to the fire.' Ha! Huh, said John. "'You mean you were trying to roast marshmallows and you burnt your hand in the fire?' Marissa said, peeking out from behind John. The creature nodded again. "'Can I shove my hand in your esky?' it asked. "'Out what?' Marissa said. The creature pointed to Aunt Julie's caller. Oh, I've got something better than that. Will you let me take a look at your hand? Aunt Julie said. The creature hesitated. We're nice people, John said. Please let us help. And then we can show you how to properly roast marshmallows. The creature looked at them and nodded its big shaggy head. Marissa, please grab my first aid kit out of the tent, Aunt Julie said, sitting down by the fire and patting the ground next to her. John stood close to Aunt Jilly just in case. They still didn't know who, or what, this creature was. Marissa came back with the first aid kit while Aunt Julie was looking at the creature's hand. It doesn't look too bad. Some of your fur is a little singed and your skin is a bit red, but I can put some cream on which should help. Why don't you tell us about yourself, Aunt Julie said, opening up the kit. My name is Bunny, the creature said. Bunny? No offence, but... You're the strangest-looking rabbit I've ever seen, John said. Bunny made a chuckling sound that sounded like the gurgling of a creek. Not bunny like a rabbit. I'm not a rabbit. I'm a bunyip, Bunny said. What's a bunyip? asked Marissa. She had never heard of a bunyip before. I'm a bunyip, Bunny said. Aren't bunyips from Australia? Aunt Jilly asked. She had finished rubbing the cream on the bunyip's hand and was sitting back listening. Bunny nodded. ''Dead set,'' Bunny said. They all looked at him, confused. ''I mean, yeah, I am. I got a little bored hanging around all day in my little billabong, so I decided to go bush. After I visited all the places in Australia I wanted to go, I decided to visit other places in the world too. Most places over here were just going off, heaps of people, and I was flat out trying to avoid them.'' So I decided to come out whoop-whoop way, thinking there wouldn't be anyone out here. I didn't know you guys were going to turn up with your sweet smell and tucker. Aunt Jilly, Marissa and John all looked at one another and burst out laughing. They had no idea what Bunny was saying. Why don't you sit around the fire with us and we'll share some marshmallows and you can explain what exactly you just said, Aunt Jilly said. (laughs) Ha, no worries, mate. Maybe you can chuck one of those snags on the fire too. Aunt Jilly just shrugged as she pulled the cooler towards the fire. Marissa, John, Aunt Jilly, Teddy and Bunny sat around the fire until late in the night. They told Bunny how this was their first camping trip together, but that they had lots more planned. They shared with him all of the places they wanted to go camping in the future. Bunny told them all about the places he had visited already. When Marissa fell asleep right there by the fire, Aunt Jilly said they should probably all head back to bed. ''No worries. I'll take a keep in the billabong and see you all in the morning for brekkie,'' Bunny said. And he did. They all had breakfast together before spending the morning swimming in the pond. Bunny was an amazing swimmer and taught them all how to do backflips in the water. In the afternoon... Bunny showed Marissa and John how to spot edible plants and bugs all around them while they were hiking in the woods. I normally do this in the bush back home, but your woods aren't too different. I mean, fair dinkum, bush tucker is still bush tucker, right? The children just laughed. Finally, it was time for them to pack up camp and head home. I miss my parents, but I'm going to miss you now, Bunny, said Marissa, giving his hand a small squeeze. Yeah, nah, me too, little mate. Bunny said, ruffling her hair. John came over and handed Bunny an unopened bag of marshmallows and a good long stick. Here, these are for you. Just make sure you use the stick like we taught you so you don't burn your hand again, he said smiling. Bunny assured John that he would. The family packed their belongings into the car, gave Bunny one last hug, Teddy gave him a lick, and Bunny licked him right back. Then they drove away. Honking the horn and waving out the car windows. John looked back just in time to see Bunny slipping back into the pool, sending shimmering ripples out on the water in the afternoon sun. I can't wait to get home and tell Mummy and Daddy all about Bunny, said Marissa. Do you think they'll believe us? Well, I hope you all enjoyed that story. And hopefully those of you who are not incredibly familiar with the uh, thick Australian accent and words understood those things I was saying just then. This story was specifically written for our amazing patron Jilly and her niece and nephew, Marissa and John, and their fearless dog, Teddy. Thanks to Jilly and her kind donation, we're able to keep the lights on here at Storytime. We greatly appreciate you and all of our patrons. Also, thanks to Anu Mayor from the USA, Ben Name from Australia, Riley from Kansas, Harper from Great Britain, Jaden and Skylar from Taiwan, Sahara from Barbados, Ellie and Tom from California, Ada from England, Tori from Durban in South Africa, Lilia from the USA, and Alexander from Australia. We're so glad you all enjoy our stories keep listening. We'll see you next time.